Uh, well, good morning again, and uh, if you are uh, new with us today, uh, we're continuing in a series here uh, called Relatively Speaking. If you were with us last week, uh, we talked about how uh, life's distractions, uh, that if we're not careful about these distractions, that they really have uh, the potential uh, to uh, prevent us from being with the people that we love. Uh, they have the potential to uh, keep us from uh, being there for the people that we love. And, and well, I, I thought this was a great example uh, of how distracted uh, we really are in life. Maybe you've seen this before, maybe, maybe not. Check this out. Hey, guys, I'm here at the 42nd Street subway station right below Grand Central, and you too is about to go on the subway platform and start busking in disguise. No one knows this is gonna happen. Nobody knows that it's you too. They're just gonna go out there and do it. Uh, and I'm wearing these uh, glasses here with a special camera in it so I can get some uh, decent footage of the, of, of the crowd here in the greatest city in the world, New York City. Uh, let's do this. Let's play some music. All right, New Yorkers, let's go. Here we go. Let's go, let's do this. Guys, give money, support local artists. If you like what you hear, give them some money. The local artists here, New Yorkers, they play birthdays. They play bar mitzvahs, they'll play your party. You guys like what you hear, support your local artists. Some New Yorkers here, why don't you come over? Any change will help, you gotta die. How you That great. How, how many of you have seen that before? Anybody seen that that clip? A few of you. Any, any Jimmy Fallon fans? Anybody love Jimmy Fallon? It's okay. You can raise your hand in church. You like Jimmy Fallon? Are you two? Any you two fans? All right. Well, it's just a great clip and a great reminder that it's so easy, isn't it? I mean, it's so easy to get distracted by the pace that we keep or by the less important things in life. I mean, isn't it so true? Uh, there are times we just get moving so quickly, racing through life, and if we're not careful. Uh, we have the potential to miss out on the most important things. Well, as I mentioned a second ago, we're in the second week of a series uh, here at Genesis, a series that we're calling Relatively Speaking. And uh, in this series, uh, we're talking about the power of words and how words uh, really have the potential uh, to impact our most important relationships. And so uh, we're looking into the Old Testament book of Proverbs. We did that last week. We'll do that again today, uh, looking there for wisdom and direction. And so if you've got a Bible with you uh, and want to turn with us, go to Proverbs chapter 18. 
uh, verse 2. If you use something like the YouVersion app on your phone, uh, you're welcome to go there as well. Again, the Old Testament book of Proverbs uh, chapter 18, uh, verse 2. Quick review. Last week, we talked about the importance of saying no, uh, the magic words of learning to say no, and how do we need to learn to say no uh, to some of the distractions that come up in life. And some of these are bad things uh, that we're tempted to say yes to, but sometimes they're very good things. Uh, but maybe things that in the grand scheme, uh, we need to tell ourselves, you know, this is something that, that I've got to say no to. I mean, just, there, there have to be those times when we say no to the busyness. Uh, there have to be those times when we say no to the uh, lesser important obligations or no to the least important things. And by saying no, what we get to do in turn is we get to say yes uh, to those things that really matter, the people and relationships uh, in our lives. Well, today we're going to talk about how certain distractions... Uh, have the ability to affect uh, how we listen, uh, how it impacts how we listen, and, and whether we're really able to say and demonstrate uh, that we understand in our relationships. And so and to do that, we want to look at a second phrase uh, that emerges from the book of Proverbs, and it's the phrase, I understand. All right, it's this phrase, I understand. I just want us to get our hearts and our minds around that phrase, even as we get going today. Uh, so say it with me, if you would. Let's do it all together. Say it with me, I understand. All right, one more time. I understand. And so let me, let me show you how we get to that phrase. Again, uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2. The writer here says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Again, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Don't you love the book of Proverbs already? I mean, I mean, don't you love how Proverbs just kind of cuts to the chase? I mean, there's no sugarcoating it whatsoever. I mean, the writer of Proverbs just reminds us that we all have the potential to be fools, all right? It, it's within every single one of us, this potential to be fools. Now, maybe that's why uh, products, some of the, the products that maybe uh, you purchase or own today come with warning labels that when we read them, they sound a little stupid, but maybe just kind of adds to this fact that we all uh, have the potential for foolery. Like take this Duraflame log, uh, for example. Believe it or not, there's a warning label that says on there, caution, risk of fire. All right, it just kind of comes with the product. You, you, you need to know. Or on this uh, Batman costume, uh, the label that says warning, cape does not enable user to fly. All right, some people just need to know that. Like they need uh, that reminder. Or on this bottle of hair uh, coloring, uh, it, it says do not use as an ice cream topping. All right, I mean, it just... Uh, they feel like you need to know that, or on this uh, cardboard uh, sun shield is just a reminder not to drive with the sun shield in place. All right, it's much safer to remove it. Or uh, finally, on this portable stroller, uh, caution: remove infant. All right, before folding uh, the stroller. Again, just some good words uh, of wisdom. Now, again, back to our proverb for today. You know, this reminder because there are fools amongst us. All right, no elbowing the person next to you. Uh, because we all have the potential for foolery, you know, the writer says, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Now, the book of Proverbs talks a lot about fools. All right, over and over again, you'll, you'll see it, especially in this particular uh, chapter, and, and contrast fools uh, with the wise. And, and so what we see in Proverbs, and uh, it's really emphasized in this verse today, is that a fool is someone who fails to take advantage of the wisdom of others. Uh, it's someone who has access to wisdom and, and insight, but instead chooses not to use it. It's someone who, for the sake of, of what we're talking about today, it's someone who, who, who speaks so often uh, before listening. 
You know, I don't know about you, but I've heard it said before that a fool is someone with an open mouth and a closed mind, and I like that. And I think what our verse shows us today is that a fool is someone who, who finds a lot of delight and a lot of power in airing his or her own opinions. A, a fool is someone who blurts out whatever is on their mind without really seeking to understand the point of view of others. Now, I know that this doesn't describe any of us here, all right? I know that none of us falls in, into this case, you know, you know, as I think about people that continuously use Facebook or Twitter to air their own opinions, you know, whether it's about politics or health or uh, social issues or business or uh, the Colts offensive line or uh, the red Starbucks cup, uh, you know, how, how often do we react and blurt out what we're really feeling without taking the time to gather all of the information, or we make little effort to consider how it might affect others, or maybe even more than that, how it sheds light on Christians or Christianity today. And so the writer says, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. You know, this proverb reminds me of a famous quote by a leadership expert, uh, author Stephen Covey, who said that we ought to seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. And I want to encourage you to write that in your notes. If you've got a, a note uh, page with you today, uh, that, that's really our goal for today. We, we want to seek first uh, to understand before seeking to be understood. And as we contrast the difference between the fool and the wise, it just means that the fool insists on being understood and sees no value in trying to understand where others are coming from. Now, there are several kinds of fools. That is to say that there are several different ways uh, that we can leave an impression uh, with others, especially the people that we love, this impression uh, that we don't really care about their point of view, that we're not really trying uh, to understand. And uh, we only want to be understood. And I just want you to see if you can recognize any of these in yourself or maybe in your spouse or the person that you've come here to, uh, today with. First, there's the blabbermouth, all right? We, we all know blabbermouths, all right? You've got some blabbermouths in your life. This is the person who never stops talking, right? And if you, if you call them up on the phone and say, how are you doing? You know you're just kind of settling in, right? I mean, you're just gonna kick back because for the next hour, what are you gonna do? You're gonna do a lot of listening, right? As the person just keeps talking and talking and heaven forbid you wanna get a word in, all right? Because it's not gonna happen unless you can find that quick little place to, to wedge in, in a couple of words. I, I worked with a pastor uh, one time, a very wise, loving, uh, Christ-filled, spirit-filled filled pastor, and we were talking about caring uh, for people, and, and he was telling me how sometimes uh, well-meaning people uh, would call him at home in the evening, and uh, he'd pick up the phone, and he knew when he picked up the phone that he was really settling in, that he had just committed a good portion of his evening to listening to you know such and such person. And so uh, I was so surprised the day that he told me, he goes, hey, here's what I will do sometimes, Paul, I'll just settle into my recliner. I grab the remote, I put on my favorite game, and I listen, and I just kind of look at the clock and tell myself they got 15 minutes. And, and so I give them the next 15 minutes to say whatever uh, they want to say, and then I kind of just sort of land the plane, all right, and help bring the, the conversation to an end point. And, and these were some of his words of wisdom to me. Now, I'll promise you that I have never done that to any of you all right, as far as you know, all right? I've never done anything uh, like that. But when I became a pastor, it didn't take long before I realized, you know, that in these situations, you know, so often what people need is they need people to listen. Uh, you, you've got people in your life right now, uh, people that you love and you love dearly, people that need someone uh, to listen to. And if listening is hard for you, uh, it's something you gotta practice. 
Uh, it's something that we can practice. It's a quality or a skill that we can all learn. And so uh, there's the blabbermouth. We've all got some blabbermouths in our lives. Again, these are someone, this is someone who takes no time to listen. Uh, but in the same way, the fool takes no time to listen. Uh, they only want to be heard. There's also the phone zombie. All right, I think there are phone zombies uh, amongst us today. This is the person that gives you very little eye contact because they're always staring at their phone screen, right? You ever try and have a, a conversation with a person like that? Uh, you got a teen like that, that that lives in your home right now that you're trying to communicate with uh, because they're always looking to see that next notification or that next message or that next chat, Snapchat uh, story. And, and it's almost as if to say, you know, if you're a person like this, that, hey, what's happening on my phone or what could potentially happen on my phone is much more important than what's happening uh, around me right now. Or, or sometimes we try and disguise it or we'll try and be covert about it. And so we'll glance under the table at dinner or you know, we'll say, excuse me, I've, I just have to reply to this message right now. But we, that's not polite, right? It's, it's not wise. That's not seeking to understand all right, the person that is with you in that moment. Uh, there's also the interrupter. All right, this is maybe something I think I struggle with a little bit. And uh, here's how you can tell uh, if you're an interrupter, you're, you're that type of person that when someone else is speaking, all you're doing is you're just looking for that slight little pause to get in there, all right, to, to say what you want to say, to be heard. And so uh, sometimes we even try and cover that up by saying, you know, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm going to interrupt, right? I mean, that's ultimately what we're doing. Or we'll say, I don't really mean to interrupt, but what we're saying is I, I've got something to say that's probably a lot more important than what you're trying to say right now. And so if you're an interrupter, you know, you're busy thinking about what, you know, he or she, you're not thinking about what he or she is saying right now. You're just, you're really wanting to be heard. Uh, we're, not, we're not seeking to understand, but we want to be understood. Uh, there's also the problem solver. You know, that, that's the person that just says, I don't, I don't need to listen to your whole story because I already have the answer, right? I already have the answer to your question. So if you just give me a minute, you know, we can get this problem behind us. There aren't any guys here today that, that struggle with problem solving, right? I mean, men, we don't, we don't have a problem with this at all, do we? But no, seriously, I think guys, we fall into this category all the time. Uh, I, I think it's my responsibility to solve every problem that's ever mentioned in any conversation, but so often what people want is they just want to be heard. You know, they want to be understood. Here's, here's a quick problem solver story for you. Dr. Uh, Ernesto Ciroli is a leading expert on economic development. And a few years ago uh, in a TED Talk, he told the story of his very first uh, project in the African country of Zambia. And uh, his team had come from Italy. They had gone to this uh, beautiful village in this fertile valley uh, along the Zabizi River. And uh, he couldn't believe that when he got there, as he described, that there was no agriculture. Uh, in this particular river valley. And so being a young man in his 20s, his attitude was, you know, thank God that we've come here, that we can finally teach you about agriculture so that you can feed yourself and uh, you can have some prosperity. And so his team, they, they, they got at it and they planted tomatoes and zucchini and other vegetables right by the river. And uh, they couldn't believe in, in a short matter of time how quickly these were growing and, and how large they got. And so they were thinking to themselves, you know, this is going to change lives. This is going to change this village and this region. But then, just as they were ready to harvest, one night about 200 hippos came up out of the river and ate every last vegetable and plant that they had put into the ground. And so Dr. Ciroli, he went to his Zambian host and he asked him, why didn't you, why didn't you tell me that you had a hippo problem? And this guide says, because you never asked, all right? You, you were only seeking to be understood rather than to understand the current situation 
that we're in. You know, so often the problem solver doesn't seek to understand. We just want to air our own opinions. And, it, and it's kind of funny, even as I mention these, you know, maybe you hear yourself uh, in some of these, or uh, maybe you hear the person that you're with today in, in some of these. But, uh, but it's, you, you know, it, 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 it's not funny, you know, when, when you're in a relationship and when you're in a relationship with a person that you love dearly or you're in a relationship with a person that you know that you're, you're supposed to love dearly and because we're not understanding, because we're not on the same page with a spouse or a sibling or a child or a close friend or a parent, um, you, well, you know the challenges that come with that. And, and our un- inability or our unwillingness to understand often wreaks havoc or can wreak havoc on these relationships. Um, But here's the good news. Um, We can, every single one of us, we can all do things to improve our ability to listen uh, or our ability to understand. And I want to make this clear that we all have, um, well, at least almost all of us do, uh, have the sense of hearing, but we don't have the skill of listening. That's something that we have to learn. It's it's a quality that we have to seek to apply uh, to our lives. Let let me give you another type uh, of listener. There's the blabbermouth, as I mentioned. There's the phone zombie. There's the interrupter. There's the problem solver. Uh, But for today, uh, there's the understander. And and a fool fails to listen, but a wise person seeks to understand. Now, who or what is the understander? Well, the understander is a conscious listener. Uh, And a conscious listener is someone who is always aware of what someone else is really trying to say, the heart of what they're trying to get at. Uh, An understander is someone who empathizes. You know, they're willing to kind of try and find themselves in the other person's shoes so that they can better understand. The understander is someone who encourages others to talk and and ask probing questions to try and draw out more information. Uh, The understander is someone who is always seeking feedback. See, there's an art to being an understander, and it has everything to do, well, it has everything to do with the condition of your heart and how you approach each and every relationship, the heart that you bring to it. And it's like what another verse in Proverbs says, over a few more verses in Proverbs 18, 15, uh, when the writer says, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. Now get this, for the ears of the wise seek it out. The fool delights in only airing their own opinion. But the wise, they go seeking out more information. They go seeking to understand. The wise person wants to understand, wants to hear the other person's point of view, and wants to empathize with others. Stephen Covey again writes, most people don't listen with the intent to understand, but we listen with the intent to reply. I think you could say this is the way of the fool. And so let me just ask you this morning, what's the posture of your heart right now? when it comes to the conversations that you're having with the most important people in your life? Uh, Do you take the time to think about what the other person is saying or how they might be feeling or or is is it always about you? Or have you already made up your mind about what you're going to say next in any given conversation or the next time that you have a meeting or the next time that it comes up once again? Is your intent to try and understand or to simply be understood? And I don't know about you, but in my relationships, I don't want to play the fool. And I bet you don't either. But the truth is that it takes real intentionality to be an understander. And it may not surprise you, but Jesus always sought to understand 
All right, he's our example for how we live, how we ought to live our life. In fact, there's one story uh, in the book of John that I think shows this very well. If you want to flip over to John chapter 7 for just a moment and then into uh, John chapter 8, John 7, uh, 53, and I've got the words here for you on the screen. Just, just listen to this story, if you would, uh, for just a moment, try and picture this. It says, then they all went home, uh, but then over in chapter 8, but Jesus went on to the Mount of Olives. Uh, at dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people had gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. Uh, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery, and they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Verse 5, in the law of Moses, uh, it commanded us to stone such wom women but now what do you say? All right, they're asking this question of Jesus. Now, uh, John notes here, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Now catch this, verse 10. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. And then Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Now go and leave your life. Of sin. Now, here's what I want you to see from this particular story. There's so many things we could talk about with this story today, but here's what I want you to see. These men that brought this woman to Jesus, these Pharisees, they were technically right. Because according to the law of Moses, which was the law of the Jewish people, they had every right to stone this particular woman to death. But Jesus wasn't going to allow it. I mean, he heard their story, he listened to their story, and he heard their accusations. But you could say that he sought to better understand what was going on in this situation especially with this particular woman. See, here's what Jesus realized. Jesus realized that it takes two to tango, all right? And that if she's guilty, then there's someone else that should have been guilty too. He should have been there as well. But while this woman might have been at fault, again, Jesus knew that she wasn't solely at fault. And so he recognized that these men were trying to trap him. And he understood that we all make mistakes and that every single one of us needs forgiveness. And I think he also realized that there's more to this story that there was more to this woman's story than simply her sin. And so with the crowd of men watching to see what Jesus would do next, Jesus replies, let any of you who is without sin throw the first stone. And one by one, the oldest first, they all started walking away. I mean, these powerful and direct words disqualified everyone there, everyone that is except for Jesus. I mean, think about it. Jesus is himself is the only one that was qualified in this moment to throw a rock at her but he didn't. And instead, he looks up from his writing in the ground. Don't you wonder what he was writing in the ground? And his question is, where did they all go? Is there no one left here to condemn you? And she says, no. And then Jesus replies, neither do I condemn you. Now, most of us, most people would like the story to stop right there. All right, we all love the tenderness. We all love the, the grace of Jesus, but we don't like the talk about personal sin. But I want you to also notice what Jesus says next. He says, neither do I condemn you, but what was the command he gave her? He says, now I want you to go and leave your life of sin. And so Jesus understood. He understood that there was more going on here. He understood that this woman had made some terrible mistakes in her life. But he also realized that there was more to this story. He recognized that this woman had so much more to offer. And so not only does he protect her, 
But he leaves her with this command to go and to quit sinning. And by exercising compassion and understanding, Jesus demonstrated that this woman was more important than what she had done wrong. And can I just stop there for a second and say that for you today? That you are more important than what you've done wrong. You are so much more important to God than you realize. So much more important than what you've done wrong. I mean, you are more important than what happened last night or what happened in this past week. And as this woman has this moment where she is able to experience the forgiveness of God, that same forgiveness of God is available to you as well. And his command for you and his command for me is to leave your life of sin. Leave those things behind that you're being convicted of, those things in your life that you know is not right, that you know is not best. But instead, turn to Jesus and find the one who understands and find the one who has the power to heal and to give you another chance at life. See, Jesus understands. And in our life and with our relationships, uh, we need to learn to understand as Jesus did, as he does. And what what does our text say again? If you go back to a fool's, find no pleasure in understanding. And then over in verse 15, but the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge for the ears of the wise seek it out. How can we be more like that? How can we choose more of the way of the wise? How can we demonstrate more understanding, more like Jesus did? Well, as I mentioned before, you know, hearing is a sense, but listening really is a skill, and any skill is something that we can practice and develop and get better at. And so I want to give you three quick things before we close, three actions that I think we can take with us and apply to help us be better in our understanding. The first thing is this, that is that we want to remove the barriers in our relationships when we're having conversations with others, because whether we realize it or not, most of us have barriers that emerge in our relationships. And uh, these barriers prevent us from really understanding uh, where another person might be coming from. And uh, in the case of the Pharisees, it was, it was the law of Moses. And uh, certainly that's probably not your barrier, but you know, if you're a phone zombie right now, for instance, you know, maybe you need to make a commitment that your phone is not going to be a part of an every you know, minute, uh, every moment uh, part of your life, so that if there's a live person in front of you that you simply set that phone aside, or you put it in your pocket, or you put it uh, in your purse, or you put it in your drawer, and you take the attitude that whatever is happening here right now in front of me is so much more important than what is buzzing, or vibrating, or ringing, or dinging, uh, at any you know, given moment. Uh, maybe the barrier for you right now is gossip. I mean, you've heard so many other people talk about what such and such has done in any given situation, but you yourself haven't taken time to actually get to know that person or to hear their side of the story because you've already made up your mind. Maybe your barrier right now in your relationships is that you've got so much going on. You've got so many things happening, so many things that you're thinking about that you, well, you can't be fully present. And so Maybe you need to commit to having conversations in a time and a place where you have more time than you think you'll need to hear the person's, the other person's uh, point of view. If you're going to be an understander, we, we've got to remove those barriers. The th- second thing is to stop interrupting. 
you know, when we're in conversations with others. And uh, uh, again, interrupting happens when we want to be understood more than we want to understand. I, I don't know about you, but uh, it, it drives me crazy to turn on the news or uh, to listen to a debate where you've got, you know, multiple candidates or you've got multiple experts on any given panel. And what do they do? They just jump all over each other and talk all over one another. And so you never really get anything out of it. All you get is people yelling and interrupting and nobody really listening. Uh, and why did this happen? Because there are so many people that are so anxious about being heard and understood that they interrupt each other. And in our case, we get so occupied with what we want to say next that we just blurt it out because we're afraid we'll forget it or uh, we think that we've had enough already or won't get a chance to be heard. James, the brother of Jesus, reminded us that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Does that sound like you? I mean, would your friends say that about you, uh, that you're quick to listen? Uh, would your spouse or your significant other say that about you? Would your, would your parents say that about you, that you're quick to listen? Would, would the person right now that you're discipling, you know, that, that you're spending quality time with, say that you're a good listener? I mean, how often do we get that backwards? We're quick to speak and slow to listen. You know, stop interrupting. Uh, the third thing, the final thing is to ask questions. And, and that seems pretty simple, right? I mean, to ask questions that deepen our understanding. I mean, ask, ask questions like you don't know the answers. I mean, sometimes we, we fail to ask the right questions because we think we know everything. I mean, we think we know what someone else is doing or, or, or what's happening. I mean, we think we understand how someone feels when we really have no idea. I mean, what if you made it a rule, you know, in a conversation that you're having? You could apply this even this afternoon that... You know, if you're talking about a difficult subject, if you're having a tough conversation or you're talking about a sensitive problem, I mean, what if, what if you resolve to ask three questions, all right, before you gave an answer? Uh, there, there's a guy that I'm discipling right now, and I've got a series of about six questions that I ask him every time uh, we meet, every time we talk. Just very simple, very practical questions. There's how are you, all right, and that can take a while sometimes. I'll, I'll ask him, he, he's a church leader, what are you celebrating uh, I'll ask him, what are your current challenges? Uh, i ask him the question, how are you responding to these? Uh, and then I'll ask him, how can I help? Uh, and then the last question usually in, in every conversation we have is, how can I pray uh, for you? Again, questions help us to have wise ears so that we can develop that skill of listening. And, and genuine questions followed by listening, just it slows us down. It's a way of saying that I understand. Again, the writer says for us today, fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions. That's what a fool does. But what does a wise person do? The wise person seeks to understand by removing barriers, barriers that keep us from listening, by not interrupting, and by asking questions. You know, our, our proverb for today reminds us that transforming relationships can happen, you know, when we find pleasure in understanding and just spouting off our own opinions. I mean, we seek to understand more than being understood. And you know, one way that God seeks to understand us is uh, by sending his son Jesus uh, to the earth as a man. This last series that we came out of, we talked about this verse on Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 to 16, where we're reminded that we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who understands, one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. And then this reminder, this encouragement for us, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
You know, these words just remind us that there's no way that you can look to God and think to yourself, he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. I mean, there's no way to look to Jesus and think God must not care. I mean, we know he cares because he sent his son and his son hung on nails on the cross for you and me. I mean, God so understands the problems in our life. God so understands what's going on in our world right now. Our fears, the temptations we face, the struggles that you're going through in your own home or in your relationships right now. He understands and he demonstrates that for us and that he sent his son and he gave his son up on the cross for death for you and me so that we could have eternity, that we could have hope and forgiveness in him. And with that in mind, I mean, one of the best gifts that we can give to our families and our friends and our coworkers and our neighbors is the gift of understanding. Because you know what? There are so many places right now that people, they, they are turning to, they're going to, to look to be understood, but, but shouldn't the church be one of them? Like, shouldn't the church be at the top of that list? I mean, think about this. I mean, what if, what if the gift that God has given to us, this gift of forgiveness and hope, what if we turned around right now and we started offering that to others in such a forceful way that they looked to us and they looked to the church and what they saw was not condemnation and judgment, but radical love and acceptance and understanding. I mean, what if, what if condemning others for their beliefs, what if we did a better job of trying to live out ours for others to see? And what if instead of yelling out loud to make sure we're understood or using all caps, we listen carefully to make sure that we understand? I mean, what if, what if instead of seeing what others have done right now, what if we started seeing the potential of what Jesus could do in their life and in our lives? What a gift that would be. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, you know every single one of our relationships, and uh, whether that be a dating relationship, whether that be a marriage, whether that be a relationship with, with a child, whether that be a relationship with a parent or a sibling or a friend or a coworker or, or, an, or an ex, uh, you, you know all of these situations, you know all of these relationships, Lord, and we just pray and ask that if there is something you're wanting to do in us today to make us better listeners to help us in our understanding, Lord, that you would do that work, that we would make, that we would make a way and allow you to do that work uh, in us. Te teach us to look to Jesus for understanding in our relationships, but our own lives as well. And we thank you, Lord, that you see us for who we are and not what we've done and that you love us and that you've offered that grace and forgiveness to those who will take it and accept it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.